Luke chapter 24. What Brother Michael read this morning was one account given by Matthew on the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ. In Luke, we see yet another account that's given of uh, this disciple and his, um, it, what he saw and what he experienced and how he understood it to be. In Luke chapter 24, the Bible says this, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came into the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. We're in Luke 24, verse 4. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, for he is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee. And praise the Lord, our Savior is risen today. Amen? You ask me, what is the difference in my God than any other God? My God is still living today. Amen? We praise the Lord for his death, but we especially praise him for his resurrection because he lives inside of us. Amen? We, we receiving him as our personal Savior Christ lives inside of us. We now carry his name. We are now a part of him. We are a child of God. Amen? The Bible tells us he, we serve a risen Savior, a living Savior. He is not dead. And may I say, though we celebrate the resurrection of Christ on a day as today, Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday as we would call it, so we should every day remember that we serve a living Savior. Boy, I tell you, it's unfortunate to say that some Christians live the Christian life as though they serve a dead God. Some, some Christians live the Christian life as though they serve a God who is not there. But the Word of God tells me that why would we search uh, for something? Why would we live for something that uh, we would think is dead when in truth he's actually living? And the truth of the matter is we can live the Christian life as though Christ is dead. Let me ask you, Christian, do you live every day of your Christian life with a positive reaction to the resurrection. I've entitled this message this morning, Reacting to the Resurrection. Reacting to the Resurrection. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. Keep your finger in Luke 24. We'll be back and forth to a few different passages. But Matthew 28, as was read a few moments ago, Matthew 28, I want to bring you to verse 4, to a specific phrase that is given concerning the keepers and or the soldiers of the tomb during that time. The Bible tells us of their reaction to the very resurrection of Jesus Christ. These are unsaved, non-Jews, individuals at this time. Verse 4 says, And for fear of him, the keepers did... What's that next word? Shake. The keepers did tremble. On April 15, 2019, an unexpected fire broke out in Paris, France at the Notre Dame Cathedral. Uh, this fire caused a lot of reaction among people, not just... Uh, religious leaders, but also many political leaders, and especially among Christians themselves. I remember seeing good Bible-believing Bible Christians that were posting pictures saying, oh, it's so sad to see what happened to such a building with such great history. And there was such a reaction to uh, a religious cathedral, a religious building, a Christian, as it would be called, building uh, of, of brick and mortar. But how true it can be said that as many Christians can react to something so traditional, 
to something so historical, to something that has always been, do we react to the very living Savior? Amen? Do we react to the very living Savior? The Bible tells us as the, as the keepers and, and seeing the very, uh, uh, being there in the very time of the resurrection, uh, they, the Bible says they did shake, they became as dead men. They're, they're so unmovable, unable to move. Really, the only very people who are there and present at that time, and they're in such awe and amazement, such shock at what has just taken place. May I say the very resurrection of Christ, though you may not have been there on that day, it should produce a reaction. Amen? It should produce a reaction of awe, or as we would say, of fear. Not trembling, shriveling fear, but of awe and amazement. Really, in the very description of these men, the Bible says, and for fear of him, it's speaking of that fear. Yes, they were trembling, but yet also they were in amazement. Do we not remember, as it was read just a moment ago, the very soldiers themselves, as Jesus was being crucified, truly this was the Son of God. Was this not Jesus himself? They could very much sense that it was God himself who had died upon the cross. And yet, to have been there that morning, to have been there that day when Jesus would have risen from the dead, oh, what a morning. Amen? There was a reaction. Is there a reaction that we would have in our very way of living toward the living Savior. So many Christians, again, we live as though God is not there. We are looking in an empty tomb, looking for something tangible, looking for something we can see, looking for something we can lay our eyes upon, looking for something historical, looking for something traditional, looking for something that has always been, looking for something that will take care of our needs. And we know of all the many miracles which God did. And this was the very thing which was not found in the tomb. Because Jesus, the living Savior, had risen from the dead. Amen? You see, Jesus did not come simply and only to do miracles. Amen? Jesus did not come simply and only so that people could just, uh, could, could just say, wow, what a great man that he is. But Jesus came that we may know him. Amen? It may be said of us, as it was also said of Paul, that I may know him and the fellowship of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death that we would find that to be a time of fellowship, of communing, of a togetherness. We desire to place ourselves in the very position of that Christ was because the one who paid the sacrifice for all mankind, Jesus Christ, he paid the sacrifice that we deserved. He paid the sacrifice that we deserved to have. It was we who deserved to be upon that cross. It was we who deserved to die. It was not Christ. Praise the Lord, he's risen today, but Christ has paid that punishment. And what a wonderful thing that that is. But how unfortunate it is to say that for many, it doesn't produce enough of a reaction. What I mean by that is, is it's not just a reaction of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm wearing my Sunday best. It's not just a reaction of, oh, I'm just going to smile. We're talking about an everyday life affected way of living. Because the Savior I serve is not a Savior who I think he's there. I hope he's there. Well, he's there, but I can't see him. No, I know he's there. Amen? The Savior that I serve is a living God, and I see him actively working in my life. You see, the Christian, 
that is living each day knowing that Christ is a living Savior, has been resurrected, and is, is daily continually celebrating the very resurrection of Christ, is a Christian who sees God in everything. Amen? It's the Christian who knows that God is actively working in their life. It's the Christian who is actively serving them in their life and desiring to have a fellowship of the suffering of Christ in their own life. You see, the very picture that is made of Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection so should also be pictured in the Christian life that we would die to self. And yes, it is a choosing to die to self. We are choosing to die to self, none of our desires, to live now a new life in Christ. As Christ was resurrected and lived a new life as 100% man, so we should be living the new life in the Christian life. Amen? The old man is passed away, but how true it is that sometimes we allow the old man to be brought back up again. In fact, we raise what, is, should, what should stay dead, we raise it back up alive into our life. Christ says, the old man is to be dead. We are to put on the new man. And so we understand the reaction to the crucifixion, the reaction to the resurrection. And so what the resurrection of Jesus Christ should cause you to do is, first of all, as I give you three things, the resurrection of Jesus Christ should cause you to remember. It should cause you to remember. If you want to turn with me back to uh, the book of Luke, in verse number 24, maybe you kept your finger there. Luke chapter 24, in verse number 6. Luke chapter 24, in verse number 6. Here we see the response of these angels as they are there, and, and, uh, and uh, as the, the ladies are there, and they're bringing the spices, and yet they find that Jesus' body is not there. Verse 6, he is not here but is risen. I've underlined that in my Bible. In fact, you can circle it even better yet. He is risen. Amen? The Bible says, remember how he spake unto you. I've marked that word also. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of the sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they, what's the next word? Verse 8, remembered. They say, remember. What are they to remember? Notice, the Word of God tells us this time of remembrance, they are to remember the Son, first of all. The Bible says the Son of Man must be delivered. Do you not remember as God spoke to you that it was Jesus Christ, He Himself, who was to give Himself upon a cross? We celebrate, uh, we say celebrate, but we remember, more or less, in, in September uh, 9th uh, of the of the. the, the Twin Towers is, and in the lives that were lost, and we often will say, remember 9-11, remember uh, the ones who gave their lives, or remember the ones who lost their lives, innocent lives. We say, never forget 9-11, never forget. So the angel says the same thing, and not just to these ladies here present at the tomb, but he says it to us. Remember. Remember what Christ has done. Remember how Jesus gave his only begotten son, John chapter 3, verse 16. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans chapter 5, verse number 8, the word of God says, But God, what? Commendeth, or we would say showed his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, 
Christ died for us. Hey, look, you may be here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. That is to say, you don't know that if you were to die today that you would 100% sure go to heaven. The Bible tells us you can know for sure. And here's how you can know. You can, this day, acknowledge Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, who gave himself for you, who died for you, for all mankind, and he made a way of salvation possible out of love. Amen? The Bible tells us to remember. What do we remember? Remember the Son. Number two, remember the sin. The Bible says the Son of Man must be delivered, verse 7, into the hands of sinful men. As I mentioned a moment ago, it was man who sinned against God. God did not create sin. God did not create sin. We chose to sin. Somebody says, well, why did God create hell? God did not create hell for us. But the punishment of sin, as was made clear from the very day in the Garden of Eden, the punishment of sin is death. You may be here today, and if you were to die today, you don't know that you would go to heaven. The Bible tells us you can know. Yes, all men deserve death because of our sin. All of us deserve to die because of our sin. None of us can get away from the very fact that we will someday die. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be morbid, but our bodies will pass. Amen? But God says he offers a life which you can spend with him for all of eternity. Look, you may be here today and you're just visiting. You say, I'm just here with family. It's Easter. I'm supposed to be in church. It's just a special day. Don't let this time of remembrance just be because of tradition. Don't let this time of remembrance be a time where you just simply say, well, I'm just here. But let it be a true understanding that God, Jesus Christ, came down to this earth. He died for you. And understand that the Word of God tells us that because of our sin, we put him on the cross. Jesus took our punishment. You see, it was we who deserved to be upon the cross. It was we who deserved the nails in our hands and the nails in our feet. It was we who deserved the crown of thorns upon our head. It was we who deserved all of the crucifixion that Jesus Christ went through. We're the ones who put him there because of our sin. You say, well, I didn't do that. That was Adam and Eve. The Bible tells us we've all inherited that sin. Because of our sin, we need a Savior. Amen? The Bible tells us sin will always separate us from Christ. Sin will always separate us from God. And no, there is nothing you can do as long as you're upon this earth to ever, uh, to, to ever become sinless. But the Bible tells us if you receive Christ today, if you choose to become a Christian today, you choose to acknowledge who God is, receive him into your heart, the Bible tells us that you now have, will have a new body and a new life to live together with Christ in heaven for all of eternity. Amen? The Bible says, remember, remember the Son, remember the sin, remember the suffering. Jesus Christ didn't just die. The Bible tells us he was crucified. He was crucified. Philippians 3 and verse 10, as I mentioned a moment ago, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. After all that Christ has done for us, the very least that we can do is give ourselves back to him. Let me ask you, have you given your life to Christ? I'm not asking if you're a good person. I'm not asking if you attend church. I'm not asking if you've been baptized. I'm asking, have you given your life to Christ? And you know without any doubt that if you were to die today, that you would go to be with Christ, the living Savior for all of eternity, that you would go to be with him in heaven. Do you know that? And I say, if you don't know that today, you can. Amen? You can. 
The Bible tells us God commended his love for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible tells us that God gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him. God does not condemn us to an eternal hell. We condemn ourselves when we choose not to believe upon Christ. The resurrection of Jesus Christ should cause you to remember, hey Christian, you say, I already know the Lord. You know, we don't just take this, we shouldn't just take this time of the year to only remember the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. May I say we should neither we should not dwell on any one of those three things in priority over the other. We don't only celebrate his death. We don't only celebrate his burial. We don't only celebrate his resurrection. Amen? We celebrate it all because that's what Christ has done for us, and he's done it for us out of love. And when he died for us, he made a way of salvation possible, and that salvation is freely offered to you. Christian, if you're here today and you're not living every moment, every day of your life, with a reaction to what Christ has done for you, you're missing the whole point of the Christian life. If Jesus had not come and died upon the cross, there would be no purpose in living. If Jesus had not come, uh, or if Jesus had come and he died and he stayed dead, there would be no purpose in living. The Bible tells us that God is that purpose. Amen? Christian, is God the purpose for your life? I mean, is God, what I'm trying to say is, is God the purpose for every decision that you make, for everything that you do, for every place that you go, every decision you make at work, every decision you make as a husband and wife, every decision you make for your children and training them? Is God the purpose and decision for every, for every reason? Why? Because of what God has done for us. The very least that we can do is give our life back to him. Let me give you the second thing here. The resurrection of Jesus Christ should cause you to run. In Matthew 28, maybe you're still there, but Matthew 28, as it was read a moment ago in verse number 8, the Bible tells us that they departed quickly from the sepulcher with great joy and did run to bring the disciples' word. There is a quickness, there is a, an activeness, there is an aggressiveness, a readiness to, get, to go tell others of the resurrected Savior. Christian, is there an aggressiveness in your life, to tell others about Christ? I mean, are you quick to tell others that you serve a living God? Are you quick to tell others that you serve a living God? Boy, we could talk so much upon these things and, 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 and uh, how that so, sometimes we can blow, upon, blow off the very idea. Somebody says, well, I believe in God also, or I'm this, this and this religion, or I believe in you know, Allah. It's just, I believe in God also. It's not the same God. Amen. Do you let others know you believe the God of the Bible, the living Savior? Amen? The Bible says they ran. There was an aggressiveness. Well, we need more aggressive Christians. Amen? We need more aggressive Christians. I'm not saying you go pushing up against people's doors and shoving your foot in between their doors and say, Ah, accept Jesus Christ today. You're going to burn in eternal hell. Don't, we're not talking about that kind of aggressiveness. But an aggressiveness that says, you know what? Life would not be worth living if it was not for the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So because Christ has died for me and he lives today, I'm going to serve him. And I'm going to get aggressive with the gospel, amen? I'm going to get aggressive with the good news of Jesus Christ. The preacher doesn't have to ask me to be out and, and witnessing the people. It's a natural part of my life. 
my wife, my, my husband doesn't have to ask me to be a part of, uh, of, of being a witness for Christ. It's a natural part of my life. My parents don't even have to tell me because when I gave my life to Christ, I gave myself to serve Him. And God has told me that I'm to be a witness of Him. I'm to go into all the world and preach the gospel. You see, the resurrection of Jesus Christ should cause you to run. It should cause you to be one that's aggressive. Oh, Community Bible Church, may we be an aggressive people for God. Amen? I've had some people tell me, they say, Oh, Pastor Miller, you're just always going. You're just, you're just, you just don't ever stop. I just say, I just, I say quietly under my breath, Well, amen. <laughs> I, I hope that I'm always keeping going. And that what I'm doing is for the sake of Christ. Amen? May we always keep going. May there always be a work that needs to be done for Christ. We'll work till Jesus comes as we sing the hymn. I've heard a pastor say, may it always be that there are light bulbs needing change. May it always be that the projector stops working or there are things that need to be replaced because there's work that needs to be done. And may the people be able to catch the vision and say, hey, there's work that needs to be done for the very cause of Christ. If it's a facility, if it's a utility, if it's, if it's some form of electronic, or if it's simply my service and my time and my hands, I'm going to do it for the sake of Christ. And for the sake of the gospel and aggressiveness, how did they run? They ran with amazement. The Bible tells us, verse 8, they, they departed quickly with fear. With fear. This is that reverential fear, that awe and amazement of what God has done for them. We run not with amazement, but also with joy. With joy. The Bible says they departed quickly with fear and with great joy. Oh, Christian, as you get aggressive for Christ, may, it, may we never lose the joy of God. Amen? And I know some very active, faithful, uh, aggressive Christians, but they're not very joyful. Does the joy of Christ produce out of your life in all your aggressiveness and all your faithfulness and all your actively serving? The Bible says they ran with joy. Why? Because Christ lives today. <laughs> what more do I have to live for? Christ has died for me, and yet now He lives today, and, he, and He's made a way of salvation possible. I'm going to tell all that I can. The Bible continues, run with the message. We run with amazement, run with joy, run with the message. The Bible says, and did run to bring, joy, bring His disciples' word. Oh, Christians, we need to get aggressive with that good news of Jesus Christ with the message, with the word, with that which we know is true. As you would continue to read the passage uh, in, in the other parallel passages, it is Jesus who actually meets them upon the way, and they have even more face value proof to be able to say, Christ lives today, we've seen him, he's there, he's alive, he's risen today. But yet we look at the third thing in this, this reaction to the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus Christ should cause you to remember. It should cause you to run. It should cause you, lastly, to return. It should cause you to return. In Luke 24 and verse number 8 and 9, the Bible says, And they remembered his words and returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. They began to tell everyone they could about the Lord. You know, the people that you speak to, that you return to, the people you try to share the word with, will be really, for the most part, two different types of people. Two different types of people that you can speak to about the good news of Christ. There are those that are fearful 
Turn with me to Mark chapter 14. I'll show you what I mean. Mark chapter 14. Here we see the disciples after the very crucifixion of Christ. Mark 14, verse 50. Mark 14, verse 50. The disciples, the Bible tells us, they fled after the arrest of Christ. Verse 50, and they all forsook him and fled. That word forsook means they literally turned their backs and walked away. They were afraid. What's going to happen to us? Even Peter himself, I was not with the Christ. I don't know who he is as he's warming his hands by the fire among those, other, uh, those unbelievers. The Bible tells us the return in our speaking to and sharing of the message of Christ will be to those who are fearful. Let me tell you, we live in a very fearful world. Amen? I'm sure you've met them. People all around us, they're simply afraid. What's going to happen in our country? What's going to happen to our schools? What's going to happen to my children? What's going to, they're fearful. They're afraid. What's going to happen? And Christian, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to tell the fearful, to give them confidence, to give them assurance, to help them to remember Christ lives today. Have courage. Be of good cheer. We serve a living Savior. Amen? May we, may we carry that message. And Christian, you will speak to the fearful, to the downhearted, to the frustrated, to the discouraged. You know, sometimes if we're not careful, we can become discouraged ourselves. Hey, guard yourself. Know that the very people, if you're, if you're choosing to have a reaction to the resurrection, a moment by moment, day by day, way of life that's always remembering the death and burial and resurrection of Christ, and it's producing a life of joy, it's producing a, a life of, uh, of aggressiveness, and, and, and therefore now you're speaking to people who are just the opposite. Don't let yourself be discouraged. You serve a living Savior. If there's one thing that should always encourage the Christian, no matter what happens in their life, is that Christ is still alive. Amen? Look, we can get so upset because the car is not working. And by the way, I've been there with different car situations. It's not fun. We can get so upset whenever the water heater breaks or the, or the, the, the furnace shuts down when it's, when it's freezing cold outside or the air is not working when it's, it's steaming hot outside. We act like, oh, I'm suffering. Hey, remind yourself, has Christ not suffered more? Can we not rejoice in the living Savior? You say, well, how can I rejoice? How can I rejoice when, when there's so many discouraging things happening in my life? Why would we not rejoice with a living Savior? Amen? If Christ, you truly believe that Christ has died for you, you received him in your heart, you know that he lives inside of you, that should encourage you every day. You know what? All things of this earth will pass away but I'll have a new life with Christ to look forward to. Amen? You say, well, that doesn't take care of my problem. No, let the joy of Christ be in your life, Christian. Let the joy of Christ be produced in your life. Life is not just about what happens upon this earth. Yes, we have a responsibility as we're left on this earth to tell others. The Bible says vanity of vanities, all is vanity. You can have everything under the sun, Everything will be all hunky-dory in your life, and you're never going to be happy if you don't have the Savior. Amen? Let me give you the last thing. There will be the fearful, but number two, there will be the unbelieving. In John chapter 20, 
We know the verse in verse 25. The Bible says, The other disciple therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see his hands in the print of the nails and put my finger in the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Except I see it. I want to touch it. I want, I want to be able to see it myself. I'm not going to believe anything else I, I, anyone else will, will say. Christian, you always speak to the unbelieving. Truth of the matter is, there are always those two different types of people. There are those who are fearful. And truth be told, without Christ, we are fearful. We have no hope. Or there will be the unbelieving. I don't want it. It's not for me. Unless I actually see it, I'm not, it's not true. But hey, just because someone does not believe doesn't mean that they will not someday believe. Amen? We look at the very life of Thomas and, and, and what happened to him as, as he's confronted with Christ himself. I, I would, would love to have really seen his face at that time, but uh, let's put ourselves in the same shoes as Thomas. Do we not do the same thing? Ah, Christ is alive. Yeah, don't try to give me all that religious stuff. My life is miserable right now. No, Christ lives today. Amen? That should be the bottom line and result. That should produce uh, all the joy in life. You say, well, that's not so easily done. That's why the Bible says it should be our desire in that, in that verse, Philippians 3.10, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of his suffering. God, even if I endure the slightest bit of suffering, I consider that a joy. I'm fellowshiped together with you. I have, in some way, I can relate with what you've done for me. Because the very least I could ever do is to give my life to you, to serve you. So God, even though I'm discouraged, God, even though I'm going through this time in my life, even though I don't know the answers, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to have faith in you. Rather than being like Doubting Thomas and saying, except I see it, I'm not going to believe it. God, I'm going to do as Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, I'm going to trust the Lord with all my heart, lean not into my understanding. In all my ways, I'm going to acknowledge him, and I know and have confidence that he will direct my paths. The Bible says, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. You find yourself delighting in God, God will take care of you. Amen? God will take care of you. So we understand the reaction to the re resurrection and these three things. Remember, run, and return. Christian, maybe you're here today and you just simply need to remember. Maybe it's God has brought you here to be reminded that you're not living each day of your Christian life as you should be in, in constant, reactive remembrance of the resurrection of Christ. Maybe you're here today and you're, you've never received Christ, and it's not a time of remembrance, it's a time of knowing. I, I, I've never been told of Christ. I never have received him. The Bible tells us you can know him today. And in fact, in just a few moments, we'll, we're, we are offering uh, an invitation, a time for you to be able to come and receive Christ Christian, don't shut me off just yet. We remember we must run. Are you aggressive for Christ? Can your kids say of you, I know my parents, they're always there for church. I know my parents, they're always faithful to soul winning. I know my parents, they've always got Christ in their mind. They always remember to pray. My father, my mother, they love the Lord. I can see it by the way they're living their life. Can that be said of you? Can your spouse say of you, I'm living, that they're, that that my wife or my husband is living for God to their fullest? Let me just say this about Christ. When you get aggressive for Christ and get excited for Christ, it's contagious. 
It's contagious. I remember teenagers just tell me all the time, oh, Pastor, Pastor Stephen, I just don't have friends. I just can't seem to get along with anyone. And I just said, look, if you learn to love Christ and he becomes your closest friend and you uh, learn to have a relationship with him, and you fall in love with him, it will become so contagious you won't have to try to find friends. Others will want to spend time with you because of what you have from Christ. Amen? Are you aggressive for Christ? And that returning... Maybe you've let yourself become discouraged from somebody you've talked to. Maybe you've allowed yourself to, to stop speaking to others because, well, there's just so many fearful and unbelieving people. It's just not working anymore. Let me tell you, it works. Amen? The Word of God, the Bible says, is as a, a sword piercing even to the dividing asunder. You to others of the living Savior, you quote Scripture to them, you share with Christ, share, share with others of Christ. The Bible describes the very Word of God as a seed which can be planted into the heart. You may not see it with your eyes, but do you believe that God can use you to tell others about Christ? Thomas says, I can't see it. <laughs> here, and here you have Mary Magdalene and the, and, and, and the other Mary, they're coming to, her, coming to him and saying, hey, uh, we... we, we we wouldn't even have to see him, but we did see also. We're telling you, Christ is real. Are you waiting for something to be seen? Or are you simply serving a living Savior and living each day, saying he lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way, and life is a narrow way. It's not easy all the time. But I know that Jesus lives where? He lives inside of my heart. Christian, does that describe you? We sang that hymn a moment ago. Were you there? Look, you may not have been there physically, but that very message of the song, were you there? Are you in constant remembrance of that death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Let's have every head bowed and every eye closed.